This is New York's Asset Protection Roundtable with Ted Alatsis of Alatsis Law Firm. Our mission at Alatsis Law Firm is to assist you with the three pillars of protection, preserving your assets, providing you help, and protecting your future. Welcome in to New York's Asset Protection Roundtable, the three pillars of protection program. I'm Ben George alongside Ted Alatsis, attorney and counselor at law, the Alatsis Law Firm there in Brooklyn, New York. You'll find them online at alatsislawfirm.com. Ted, how are you today? I'm doing well, Ben. How are you? Hope all is well. It is. Everything is pretty good in my world. Can't complain too much. I got a chance to see uh, the Carolina Hurricanes and Devils when they were playing their playoff series uh, in town. I know you're not a Devils fan, but I'm sure you probably pay attention to the hockey playoffs, right? A little bit, a little bit. I mean, once the Rangers were out, I, I kind of <laughs> lost the, some interest. But uh. Yeah, tough to see. The Islanders and Rangers both uh, had good years, but not the finish they wanted. But it was a lot that, of fun. Always fun to watch playoff hockey in person. It is, absolutely, absolutely. Well, we got a good show for you today. We're going to go through, uh, I think, a, a topic that's pretty important, protecting your parents from financial abuse. You know, as people get older, they tend to rely on others for help, you know, spouses, children, other family members. They often step in and they handle everything from finances to, to even cutting the grass, right? But if there are no family members around that are trustworthy and capable, which are two keys there, trustworthy and capable, many look to other outside providers, caregivers, and other options like that. But unfortunately, as people age and become reliant on others, they can make themselves targets for financial abuse. So I want to kind of talk to you, Ted, a little bit about how to watch out for this different types of abuse and steps you can take to protect your parents and protect those loved ones in your lives from becoming a victim. Um, so is this like topic pretty pretty prevalent issue that you see? So it, it does happen from time to time and uh, you know, can be an issue in families. Uh, so certainly it is something that uh, people need to be aware of and certainly need to pay attention for. So yeah, absolutely. Is it, or is it just more of one of those things where when it does happen, it's just it's such a big deal or you know such a, a major issue that it kind of makes headlines or you hear about it and the story carries a lot of weight, but it doesn't happen as much as you might think. Well, it, it happens every day, but it's okay. not like it happens, you know, all the time every day. It's uh, it's one of those things that does happen, you know, frequently enough so that we should talk about it. All right. Very good. We're going to talk about kind of where that abuse comes from and then also what you can do about it, both practically and legally. So uh, first thing here, romantic relationships, Ted. So I think this is kind of where I feel like you see a lot of it, right? You see the older you know, um, usually a, a gentleman, man that has a, a lot of money that that has a younger uh, partner or spouse, new spouse. But it doesn't even have to be someone this rich and poor, right? It, it can be anybody that's in this situation, is a little bit older, gets in a romantic relationship. You have to kind of watch out for these motives, what they might be. That's exactly right. I mean, it, it it does happen, you know, frequently in that scenario, and you know, it does tend to happen when there is you know, um, a, a sort of a lopsided financial, uh, arrangement, uh, or, you know, circumstance, but yeah, it does, it does happen often. And, you know, you do, you do see this probably, th- this is the old gold digger, you know, right. um, concept, right. The, the gold digger who marries the, uh, the older, the older gentleman, right. Or, or, you know, richer, older gentleman, because they want to make sure that they get, you know, something from their estate. So that, this is that, that scenario where it comes from. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes, you might see it after divorce, death of a spouse, um, you know, if somebody moves into a retirement home or nursing facility and has this new social circle, you could see it there. So what would you watch out for here then, Ted, if, if someone that uh, gets into a new romantic relationship and you're worried about possible abuse, what are some scenarios that that could happen? Well, I, I mean, you, the first thing you kind of want to look for is, is the person who's new to the relationship 
isolating the family member from their family, right? So have they taken steps to kind of prevent family members from seeing them on a regular basis or, you know, denying access to their, you know, financial information or their care or to, you know, information about their care? Um, you know, th- those are some of the the first signs that people notice. Um, and then you're you're looking, you know, even further than that, right? So you're looking to see if that person is now, you know, combining finances with the loved one, right? Are they are they suddenly, you know, the power of attorney or the you know joint tenant or co-signer on a bank account um, where they weren't before, for example? Or you know, they added they added the person to the you know the, the the family member added them to the house on the you know on the deed to the house or business investments or you know made them a partner in uh, some small business they had. Uh, that he that he or she had an investment in, and then suddenly, you know, getting into the scenario where that uh, that person is now spending money on behalf of the loved one uh, that are you know on, on things that are out out of the ordinary or extravagant or you know things that they wouldn't ordinarily be buying for themselves. Um, and then, you know, is the loved one being pressured? Is the loved one being told, "Hey, you know, you really, you know, you really need to go." change your your will you need to change your trust you need to you know change your power of attorney um because you know i need it to help you right these are you know some of the signs that uh there could be some of that you know manipulation going on all right so that's romantic relationships the first kind of area to keep an eye on uh second one second category here caregivers so this happens quite a lot right you you need some help in home or need to receive regular treatment in a retirement center uh, nursing facility, that kind of thing. And, you know, most of the time this is an unsupervised situation, right? Caregiver comes in and they do what they need to do to, to assist. And you can't always be there to watch and observe. So what kind of things do you need to be watch out here, watching out for here that could be a red flag? And this is probably where, you know, the, let's call the care, the, the person who's being cared for, let's call that person the victim, right? Just for the, for the sake of, of, of clarity here, right? So that, that person who's now the victim, is feeling the most vulnerable in that scenario. They they don't have loved ones around them necessarily to provide the care that they need, and so there's someone there to fill that gap. And because of that um, that emotional attachment to being cared for, you know they they're much more susceptible to to being manipulated into you know giving gifts you know to the caregiver that are probably more to, more more out of the norm out of the norm. Okay, or uh, again go back that. that sense of isolation the caregiver suddenly is not allowing you know family members to visit the home or you know the caregiver is now answering the phone when they ordinarily wouldn't be answering the phone or checking um checking the victim's e- uh, mail or email or cutting them off from any other form of communication so they really don't have a sense of what's going on or even a knowledge that someone's actually reaching out to them right so so these are the circumstances and because you know they're being cared for they're kind of oblivious to it because they they feel they are at least that at least somebody's you know quote unquote paying attention to them. So that this is where you know the victimization is probably the most um, where the most vulnerability exists for the person who's going to be victimized. All right. So then the final category then uh, sadly is family members. Uh, oftentimes this can happen where you know someone comes in maybe has their their parent move in or they move in with them and and provide you know type the same type of care right uh they're around all the time and, and kind of handle the finances that kind of thing and most of the time it is to actually benefit and help because you love and care about someone but there are times when when greed can kind of take over right and they can go kind of above and beyond what's necessary 
Yeah, absolutely. And and you see this in the most common form is where the, you know, the will has changed at the last minute or, you know, right, right. You know, it, it, once the person has uh, started taking care of their loved one. And that's that's really one of the, the, the telltale signs. And what, you know, essentially what happens in that scenario is that the person who's providing the care, you know, feels a sense of entitlement. Right. Or or expresses a sense of entitlement. And based on that sense of entitlement, whether it's you know real or not. Um, they they start taking advantage. They might be taking more out of the account than they ordinarily would be for the care of of their parent or loved one, right? They might, you know, suddenly you know convince the person to go to go to their lawyer and change their will and you know give them greater access, or they might start you know preventing family members from seeing uh, their their loved one, right? So you know the you know the, the constantly making excuses as to why. You know, it's not appropriate to come visit uh, their loved one because of health reasons or whatever. When there really aren't any, you know, particularly good reasons to do that. And then, you know, controlling or having access to bank accounts that they didn't have access to before, and you know, manipulating, you know, mil- manipulating everything, you know, under that sense of, hey, I'm here to protect you, right? I'm here to take care of you. You know, your 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 other children, your other uh, loved ones are not here to help you. I'm here to help you, so you should allow me to do this. And you know, many times that coercion, uh, implied or direct, results in in being taken advantage of. All right. So these are the kind of the three most common places that this might happen: financial abuse. And again, it doesn't always occur. Even if you think something might be um, below board, it's not necessarily the case. So you want to, you know, take action and follow up. So let's talk a little bit about what you can do if you su- suspect this might be happening. And we kind of, I guess, split this out into two things. Practical options and legal options, Ted. So let's start practically. What can you actually do practically? Because to me, I hear the thing that kind of came up a lot there was isolation, right? So to me, mm-hmm. it seems like being active and and kind of having a uh, you know, more proactive approach to communication is probably a good starting point, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, an open line of communication is very important, and and you know that you know sometimes can be difficult because you know we have people who live on separate coasts of the country or where you know wherever. But um, you know, at least at a, at a minimum, having a conversation on a regular basis, having a an opportunity to to you know see the person in, in person if possible, kind of keep those lines of communication open because you know when you're doing that, first you're getting you're gaining the information and knowledge to understand whether you know the uh, the, the loved one is being is being manipulated or taken advantage of, but secondly, you're also you're also signifying and and, and that you that you care enough to be involved enough to be aware of what's going on. And so, you know, that, that signals that defensive posture to, you know, potential, you know, predators who may be, may be out there trying to, you know, take advantage of, of your loved one. And then the other, the other part of it is kind of developing some relationship with, with key advisors, right? So, you know, a lot of us, um, you know, we have an attorney that we deal with on a regular basis, or we have an accountant or financial advisor or banker. Um, So, you know, kind of, you know, develop a relationship with with those people uh, to the extent that you know who they are, and get a sense of you know just kind of look for certain red flags, kind of get a get get an idea of what's going on, so that maybe you know they can they can um, you know give you a heads up when something when something out of the ordinary happens, or at least they can look out for something that's out of the ordinary, and they can ask act as that buffer as well. All right, then legally, this is I guess what people are maybe curious about as well is is what can you actually do legally? Uh, what do you what options do you have to maybe step in and and uh, change some of this abuse? It always starts with making sure that your estate plan is up to date, right? So it has to you know make sure it has current information for who your beneficiaries are and who your who who the people who you want to be in charge of making financial and legal decisions for you, controlling your finances. 
you're making your healthcare decisions, making sure those those things are current, making sure that those people who you've named know that they are in charge, making sure that um, you know the people who helped put those documents together for you are also aware that that's the case, and you know specifically review the powers that you've delegated to your agents, whether it's your power of attorney or your trustee or your executor, and make sure that you know you know what it is that you want them to do and make sure that they know what it is that you want them to do. Then, you know, you want to review that plan with those family members and just confirm those wishes, you know, with them so that they know, you know, what to expect, what your wishes are so that they can be honored. Right. And, um, you know, when, when, when changes are made, you let them know that those changes have been made and why you've made those changes. And then, you know, make sure that the right people who are going to be managing your stuff, whether it's while you're alive or after you're gone, have access to your bank accounts and bank statements and have, you know, whether it's online accounts, make sure they have, you know, access to those online accounts as well. Uh, passwords, uh, of course, so that this way they can make sure everything you know, transitions the way it's supposed to transition. So what role do you play then, Ted, as uh, an estate planning attorney to, to help people out with this? Can you, is there a lot that you can do? Or is it more just guidance? Well, there's a couple of things, right? So guidance is a big part of it. The other part of it is certainly, you know, if you have a relationship with a client or, you know, if a client comes in for the first time, try to get a sense of, you know, evaluate whether they're actually being abused, who it is, who was it that brought them to to see you, um, you know, have, who, you know, what, what are the circumstances under which that person has come to either, you know, deal with his estate plan or, or her estate plan? And, you know, what, you know, what, what's the motivation behind behind the plan. And then, and then, you know, when, when things, you know, are discussed uh, to get a real sense from the person who's, you know, sitting in front of you, um, you know, why it is that they want to do whatever it is that they're looking to do, right? If, uh, you know, someone's got four kids and they want to leave everything to one kid, you know, why is that? What's the reason? Why, why are the other kids being let out, uh, left out? What's the motivation behind it? You know, that, that sort of thing. And then if they had copies of documents from before, you know, explaining to them that this is what they had before versus what they're doing now and, you know, why the change, right? So it's really case by case, sitting down and, and you know, acting sort of as a, as a buffer uh, as best as you can. All right. Well, if you have questions uh, for Ted or, or suspect that maybe there may be some abuse happening to someone that you know uh, or have a, fa- a friend that maybe has talked about this before and want to give those some guidance, the best thing you do is log on alassislawfirm.com. That is the website and the phone number 718 718- Two three three two nine zero three. If you have any other questions on your mind about estate planning, you can always log on. There's plenty of resources on Ted's website, along with some great videos and all of our podcasts as well. So hopefully some tools there to help answer some of your questions. But again, you can always follow up by calling 718-233-2903. Well, tough situation for anybody to be in, Ted, but uh, hopefully we'll provide a little bit of guidance today on the show and give some people some things to think about and be able to look out for. So thanks for your time. My pleasure, Ben. And it's, as always, great to talk to you. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.